This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Hi, I'm Blair. Want to hear something scary? Join me as I read the creepiest urban legends, folk tales, and ghost stories that I learn on my travels around the world and that we receive from listeners like you. But only if you think you can handle it. Listen on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, sweet screams. Due to the graphic nature of this cult's crimes, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes discussions of graphic material that some people may find offensive. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. On July 15, 2017, the sun had just begun to rise over the quiet town of Coolbaw Township, Pennsylvania, when a gunshot rang through the air. Operators answered a disturbing call just moments later and heard the panicked voice of 42-year-old Barbara Rogers. She cried, My boyfriend had a gun. He told me to press the trigger. Oh my God, he's dead. Police rushed to the scene. There, on the floor of the tan double-wide trailer, lay 32-year-old Stephen Minio, a 45 caliber gunshot wound in his forehead. Barbara Rogers stood beside his lifeless body, the firearm nearby. Barbara immediately claimed that she was innocent, stating that her and Minio were deeply in love. Barbara even used Stephen's last name, though they were not legally married. Despite her protestations, Barbara was arrested, and police began their investigation. But perhaps Barbara's protests weren't as far-fetched as police had assumed. A cursory internet search revealed that Barbara and Stephen were active members of an online cult run by a woman named Sherry Schreiner. The detective's search for answers would lead investigators down a dark path filled with coded messages, alien lizards, and vampires. Hi, I'm Greg Polson. And I'm Vanessa Richardson. And this is Cults, a ParCast original. Every Tuesday, we look at a cult's practices, their leader, and their followers. You can find all episodes of Cults and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Cults for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Cults in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network.
And if you enjoyed today's episode, the best way to help us is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. It really does help. This is our first and only episode on Sherry Schreiner, the woman behind a virtual reptilian cult. We'll explore her troubled childhood, as well as how Schreiner used the internet to cultivate her following. Sherry J. Schreiner was born on December 11, 1965, in Cleveland, Ohio, into a devout, God-fearing Christian family. She attended private Christian schools and went to church every Sunday. Surrounded by discussions of Jesus and religion, Schreiner never remembered a time when she wasn't thinking about, discussing, or reading the Bible. While Sherry was a very private person, much of the information that's known about her comes from her self-published books. In one, titled Bible Codes Revealed, The Coming UFO Invasion, Sherry claimed that she was proclaiming God's name by the age of two, and she was reborn by the age of five. However, also at that time, she developed horrific, haunting night terrors, which she described in vivid detail. Sherry wrote, A figure would stand at the foot of my bed and stare at me as I lay trying to sleep, Fear and sheer terror would grip every muscle and bone I had. It was at least seven feet tall, dark and evil. I would shrivel under my blankets and pray for it to go away. I did not know what it was other than feeling it was some evil being straight from hell, and I certainly did not know what it wanted. Vanessa is going to take over on the psychology here and throughout the episode. Please note, Vanessa is not a licensed psychologist or psychiatrist, but she has done a lot of research for this show. Thanks, Greg. The National Sleep Foundation explained that night terrors can have several causes, including extreme tiredness, lack of sleep, or stress. It is quite possible that stress of her family's devout expectations contributed to Sherry's night terrors as a child. Though we don't know the specifics of the situation, perhaps Sherry's family put pressure on her to adhere to a specific code of conduct prescribed by their faith. Sherry's terrors continued to haunt her well into her adolescence. As the years passed, she had a revelation. These visions were not some anonymous shadowy figures, but evil demons sent by Lucifer to kill her. She proclaimed herself Lucifer's archenemy, though she hid this title from those around her. By the age of 12, Sherry had read the Bible from front to back and was particularly interested in the book of Revelation, the final book of the Christian Bible known for its strange imagery and apocalyptic predictions. Schreiner was fascinated by the concepts of the end of days and the arrival of the Antichrist. But despite Schreiner's deep immersion in biblical studies, she hated her religion. She disagreed with much of Christianity and branded herself a nonconformist, becoming the black sheep of her family. But Sherry shifted her biblical prophecy studies to the side while she focused on higher education. She dreamed of pursuing a career in television news broadcasting. In 1982, 18-year-old Schreiner enrolled at Liberty Baptist University in Lynchburg, Virginia. During her freshman year, she acquired her first job in the media industry as the campus radio news director. 
Sherry maintained a high GPA during her college career and even managed to land a small job as a political news correspondent at a local professional radio station. She won several journalism awards for her work. After two years, she transferred to Kent State University in Kent, Ohio. Once again, she directed the campus radio show and even found another job with a local newspaper. It's unclear what happened in Ohio, but her studies were derailed. She didn't graduate from Kent State until 1991, at the age of 25. However, the cause of the delay may have simply been her ambition. Sherry earned degrees in criminal justice, journalism, and political science. After graduating, Sherry was filled with hope and optimism. With an impressive resume and three degrees under her belt, she moved to Washington, D.C. She hoped her new city's appreciation for news and political science would propel her career to new heights. But landing a job in a new, busy city proved harder than she had anticipated. After months of searching, Sherry was unable to find work. Sherry said she had her eyes set on the Washington Bureau of CNN, but was rejected due to her lack of experience. Sherry felt she was, quote, going in circles without any real options. Heartbroken, she left Washington, D.C. and moved back to Ohio. Shortly after her return to Ohio, Sherry got married and had her first child. Unfortunately, specific information about Sherry's personal life is largely unavailable to the public. So the name of her husband, her age when they were wed, and even the gender of their child is unknown. But we do know that when she moved home, Sherry felt deflated and lost. She returned to her childhood religion and began to pray daily. In her early 30s, soon after having her first child, Sherry's horrific night terrors returned. She retreated even further into her religion and the Bible, seeking understanding, desperate to grapple with the demons that had terrorized her as a child. But instead of letting her demons continue to torture her sleep, Sherry decided to address them. In her first book, Bible Codes Revealed, Sherry wrote that she embarked on an intense research over the next five years into spiritual warfare. It began with one critical realization that redefined Christianity and all religious understanding for Sherry. Western culture's depiction of Jesus was not Jesus at all, but rather the son of Satan himself. In a self-published article titled, What I Believe, Sherry explained that while there was a son of God who was executed on the cross, his name was not Jesus, but Yahushua. She claimed that the name Jesus is actually a mistranslation in the King James Version of the Bible. Unfortunately, the Jesus many Christians learn about today is not the original Yahushua, but Sananda, son of the devil. Sherry believed that the night terror she suffered as both a child and an adult were signs that Satan himself was coming for her. Yet she fought valiantly in her dreams. And over time, she came to believe that God had chosen her to be his warrior, to spread his teachings as far and wide as she could. Sherry's self-described research period involved investigating potential relationships between the government, UFOs, churches, and deep state operations, among other chosen subjects. In 2001, she purchased what she referred to as a Bible Codes program. 
though there appears to be many such programs available on the Internet, it's possible that Sherry purchased a program to help her translate the text more accurately from the original Hebrew. Her purchase led her to develop an entirely new understanding of the biblical texts. By the time she was done, she'd given herself a new title, that of King David's granddaughter. Within the text, she believed that she had also discovered the alien agenda. UFOs, aliens, paranormal activity, and the like feel otherworldly, distant, and unrealistic to most. But according to Sherry, if we believe that they are not real or are uninvolved in our lives, we are falling for their greatest trick of all. She wrote, the aliens are creating the biggest deception that has ever been perpetrated on mankind. According to Sherry, aliens aren't extraterrestrial at all, but subterranean. They live among us in secret designated bunkers, waiting for their moment to bring about the end of days. Only those who support the aliens know where they are and are, more often than not, involved in the government in some way. Sherry knew she had to share these discoveries with the world. In the early 2000s, Sherry saw the perfect opportunity to spread her findings to as many people as possible with the advent of the Internet. She started by creating her own radio show where she'd pontificate on her teachings, then she'd post each episode online. The Internet gave Sherry the opportunity to speak to thousands. In his study, Religious Movements and the Internet, the New Frontier of Cult Controversies, religious historian Jean-Francois Mayer writes, For missionary religious movements, the world of cyberspace may appear as offering unparalleled opportunities to spread their message to far larger audiences than has ever been possible with more conventional means of communication. She continued spreading her message by creating her own blogs to document her discoveries. And once she began creating content, Sherry never stopped. She purchased a website domain, then another, then another. By the year 2005, 40-year-old Sherry Schreiner boasted over 12 websites, a personal blog, and a radio show, where twice weekly she shared her thoughts and discoveries. And in 2009, Sherry published her first post on an up-and-coming video sharing service, YouTube. Over the next 10 years, her account swelled to almost 250 videos and garnered over 21,000 subscribers. But her war against the Antichrist soon sent her and her followers down a dark path. Up next, the awful truth about our lives and the reptilians who keep us trapped within their vice-like jaws. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the story. By 2005, 
40-year-old Sherry Schreiner's religious teachings had amassed a small online following. She spread her message between a dozen internet blogs and sites, as well as her bi-weekly radio broadcast show. Claiming that she had been banned from all other television channels and radio broadcast networks, Sherry insisted that her channels were the only exclusive way to access her vital information about religion, the end of days, and the imminent alien takeover. She took up the mantle as the virtual leader of an online reptilian ET cult, a group of individuals that, in short, believe in demonic alien reptiles sent by Satan to take over the world. On her personal website, SherryShriner.com, Sherry referred to herself as servant, prophet, ambassador, daughter, and messenger of the Most High God. She continued, Just as my ancient grandfather, King David, stood against the giants in his day with no fear, so will I stand against the giants in these last days with no fear. The Lord is my strength. Sherry's ideas span thousands of article pages, hundreds of YouTube videos, and thousands of hours worth of radio broadcasts. Her core ideas, however, remain more or less the same, postulating that Satan disguised himself as Jesus and subsequently tricked the world into praising him. Because of this, Sherry asserts that 99% of all Christian teachings are untrue. Due to that initial case of mistaken identity, the majority of what we understand about Christianity and Jesus was actually created by the devil. By spreading Christianity, humans are accidentally spreading the teachings of Satan. From there, Sherry's beliefs become outright bigoted. Sherry claims that several minority groups are responsible for the spread of satanic views and worship. She has stated queer people, trans people, and most of all, Jewish people serve the devil. Zionism, she believes, is interchangeable with Satanism. And according to Sherry and her followers, reptilian aliens are to blame for spreading these false teachings. The reptilian ET cult believes in all-powerful reptilian aliens. These reptiles have the ability to inhabit a host and live amongst us virtually unnoticed. Only Sherry Schreiner, God's supposed chosen warrior, had the exact definitive knowledge to let us know who or what was possessed by these evil creatures. Sherry asserts that all humans are made up of two parts, the body or the shell, and the soul. Each human is made of both, and most people are susceptible to the clever tricks of the reptilian aliens. When an alien wanted to take over a human body, it would engage in a process Sherry referred to as soul scalping. Sherry writes, in their insane desire to have human bodies as their own, aliens have perfected the ability to take a person's soul out of their body and put it elsewhere. This gives them access to a human body devoid of a soul. The body is a shell, a carcass, and they can take over and possess this body for themselves. This is termed as walking in. Once the alien has taken a person's soul, they store it in a container or box. If a person has already died, Sherry asserts that the reptilians have an even easier time possessing the body. While the reptilians are the most threatening alien species around, Sherry loosely refers to other aliens as vampires or fallen angels. 
Sherry explains that fallen angels were once good angels who, after tasting human blood, had been cursed to live an eternal life of soul-sucking and sin. With such awful alien threats wandering the Earth, Sherry has some good news. She asserts that spotting an alien shapeshifter is easier than most people would think. Through her YouTube channel, Sherry posted video montages of found footage and stock imagery that suggest the symptoms of Satan's workers. Facial bruising and slanted eyes are among the key signifiers of a possessed body. Fainting is a dead giveaway of reptilian possession. Based on these symptoms, Sherry has accused a long line of celebrities, organizations, and high-profile figures of being shape-shifting, Satan-worshipping lizard creatures. Some notable members of this list include Justin Bieber, Madonna, Selena Gomez, the NFL, Queen Elizabeth II, and the Pope. She also identified celebrities that, quote, look like vampires. Chief among the vampires is Taylor Swift. Supposedly, evidence of Swift's satanic nature can be found all throughout her music videos, her Instagram presence, and her feud with fellow celebrities Kim Kardashian and Kanye, who famously called Taylor Swift a snake. When Sherry wasn't busy accusing celebrities of being villainous aliens, she claimed to be fighting Lucifer himself. In one of her YouTube videos, Sherry posted a typed conversation she had with Lucifer and Lilith, Lucifer's wife, who she explained lives in a secret castle in France. During the conversation, Sherry defended God and taunted Lucifer, declaring how frustrated he must be by her constant ability to kick his butt. After trouncing Lucifer in a battle of wits, Sherry exposed the living situation of his forces. Sherry claimed that they live in deep underground military bases, or dumbs. Dumbs date back to the days of Eisenhower, who allegedly came to an agreement with these devils. He kept their secrets and, in exchange, they granted him technological advancements that could better society. This shadowy contract between the aliens and the government has lasted since Eisenhower left office, and according to Sherry, it is the single greatest threat that mankind faces. However, Sherry consistently assured her followers that so long as they followed her teachings, they did not have to worry about a takeover by alien Satan and his reptilian army. Sherry had the key, a material that could repel these enemies. The material is called orgone, or orgone blasters which Sherry described as a natural earth cleanser, healer, and positive energy source. These orgone blasters appeared to be solid blocks made out of quartz, penny, copper wire, resin, and aluminum. These materials are often welded together into a cupcake or puck-like shape. Followers of Sherry Shriner believed that the only way to truly protect themselves from fallen angels, reptilians, UFOs, and the like was to carry an orgone blaster around with them at all times. Luckily for her followers, Sherry had exclusive access to the strongest, most well-made orgone on the market, or so she said. For years, Sherry sold orgone blasters through her various websites, each piece can range from $6 to $750. And while it is possible to make them at home, only Sherry's pieces were said to guarantee full protection. 
Sherry's empire grew rapidly, and all from the comfort of her own home. She posted obsessively, overwhelming her followers with her teachings and information. Sherry was certainly not afraid to speak her mind, and did so at every possible opportunity. Sherry also kept an active Facebook page, using the social networking platform as an opportunity to share bizarre clickbait links and craft ominous posts, as well as interact with her many followers. Between donations to the order, orgone purchases, and sales of copies of one of her three self-published books, Sherry Schreiner was raking in quite a bit of cash. Her YouTube channel was on the rise, and her radio show and websites received regular hits. In 2014, 49-year-old Schreiner published a GoFundMe page in order to collect more money to assist with her research. The page raised an additional $150,000. People were paying cold, hard cash to hear more of Sherry's preaching, and a virtual crowd of reptilian ET believers had formed. While the exact number of followers is unknown, Sherry reported that her website was regularly visited by viewers from over 100 countries. As much as Sherry put out into the world about her beliefs, she kept much of her own life and identity under wraps and urged her followers to do the same. While several are active in Facebook groups trading interesting articles suggesting the end of days, and a few can be found on pages such as Etsy selling their orgone-based wares, many of Sherry's followers remain anonymous. Sherry herself once described her followers as people who wouldn't otherwise fit in. She said, they're the black sheep, the square pegs. People desert them, mock them. They don't understand them. One of those square pegs was 22-year-old Kelly Pingilly of Redford Township, Michigan. Kelly was a warm, happy child who, like Sherry Schreiner, was raised believing in God and studying religion. She was a cheerleader and attended Lutheran schools. She lived with her brother and worked in a rehabilitation clinic. But as Kelly grew older and began to question the world around her, she turned to the internet for answers. In 2010, she stumbled across Sherry Schreiner and her reptilian ET cult. When she noticed that Sherry was looking for someone to transcribe her radio news broadcast, Aliens in the News, Kelly reached out. Kelly was having a hard time choosing a path in life, struggling to decide between going to college or studying religion. Her indecisiveness, combined with her religious upbringing, made her a perfect disciple for Sherry Schreiner. She described Kelly as a great truth seeker, always wanting to learn new things. As Kelly immersed herself in Sherry's teachings and principles, she created a blog of her own. She withdrew from friends and family, reportedly spending hours at a time at the computer completing research and engaging in online conversations about religion. Professor of Psychiatry Dr. Saul Levine studied youth involvement in cults. He wrote that young people have always searched for identity, answers to existential quandaries. They often experience anxiety about themselves and their future, search for meaning in their lives, and seek answers in a world they find confusing and challenging. Kelly's blog provides some insight into her mindset at the time. Even though her family was dismissive of her newfound beliefs, and her new religion had left her alone and unsupported, 
she still claimed that her reawakening was beneficial. Levine continued, there's initial exuberance and total involvement in their chosen groups when they exude happiness verging on ecstatic bliss. They found, at last, their authentic selves with meaning and purpose in their lives. There's a reduction in tension and sadness, increased optimism, love for co-members, and devotion to their leader. This was certainly true for Kelly, at least in the beginning. She felt reborn and even went on mission trips with other followers of the cult. Kelly reportedly traveled to Kentucky and New York City to battle the New World Order, which Sherry describes on her websites as a conspiracy between families of wealthy and powerful aliens. But Kelly's feelings took a swift turn in the two years she spent following Sherry's beliefs. She had entered a potentially unstable state, describing feelings of paranoia and hallucinations. She occasionally posted about Sherry's experiences with aliens on her blog, appropriating them as her own. Kelly continued to retreat from the world and from her friends and family. Her blog posts, once journal-based and thoughtful, transformed into long, winding rambles, using multiple contradictory definitions for the same word. In late December of 2012, Kelly blogged about the apocalypse. She wrote, The kingdom coming ahead is putrid and disgusting to the very depths of all the abominations that could exist. On December 28, 2012, 24-year-old Kelly Pingilly left home in her car, reportedly telling her brother that she was going to visit her daughters. As she had no children, her brother was confused. But Kelly explained these were daughters she believed she'd had in another life. Kelly wrote a note that she left on her pillow. It read, I'm off to fulfill my destiny. I don't know when I'll be returning. She then drove to Waterloo State Recreation Area, a snowy wildlife reserve about 53 miles from her home. She found a quiet spot to park and exited her car. There, alone in the snowy reserve, Kelly swallowed 30 sleeping pills, wrapped herself in a blanket, and laid down. Hunters found her dead in the snow the next morning. Around her neck was a necklace, a pendant made of orgone. She had recently purchased the necklace from Sherry Schreiner for $44. Enraged and frustrated, Kelly's family spoke out about Sherry Schreiner, protesting that the woman had filled their daughter's head with terrifying, untrue thoughts about the end of the world. They hoped something would be done to bring some semblance of justice for their daughter's death. But as no laws had been broken, the authorities were powerless. While Sherry denied any personal responsibility for Kelly's fate, she did comment on Kelly's death. She stated that Kelly had not died by suicide, Rather, Sherry claimed a NATO squad had been sent to kill Kelly and make her death look suicidal. Sherry then insisted that Kelly had never been one of her followers at all. She suggested that Kelly was an abnormal person and that Sherry would never have associated with her in day-to-day -day life. She said, her last blog, I don't know where she came up with it. Some stuff is pretty out there. It was just crazy. Instead, Sherry painted Kelly as a traitor, one of the very demons Sherry sought to destroy. Sherry said, 
Kelly just pissed people off because she was supposed to kill me three months earlier on a trip to New York City with me, and she refused to kill me. Kelly's death is a wake-up call. But if Kelly's death was a wake-up call, it was ignored. She would not be the last of Sherry's followers to meet a tragic fate. Next, a man tries to leave the cult and winds up dead instead. Now back to the story. By 2017, 52-year-old Sherry Schreiner had amassed a large group of anonymous followers by spreading the teachings of her reptilian ET cult online. The madness of her claims had already taken the life of one of her followers, but the tragedies were not about to stop there. In 2017, 32-year-old Stephen Minio and 42-year-old Barbara Rogers were in a committed relationship. While it's unclear exactly how long the two had been together, Barbara often referred to herself as Barbara Minio, even though the couple had never legally married. They lived together in a trailer in northeast Pennsylvania, and they both loved Sherry Schreiner. Stephen Minio had studied her teachings for over 10 years, and he had even become an administrator for one of her most popular websites, Truthseeker Blog. Unfortunately, their lives as a couple did not always mesh well with their allegiance to the cult. Allegedly, Sherry didn't approve of Minio and Barbara's relationship. She believed Barbara was a vampire-witch-reptilian super-soldier. On her Facebook, Sherry wrote, Barbara was turning Minio into an animal. She pulled him away from those who cared about him. Minio was leery of Sherry's comments about his girlfriend. He loved both Barbara and Sherry's teachings, but he couldn't help but think that Sherry was wrong about Barbara's nature. The more Sherry commented on their relationship, the more Minio began to doubt the veracity of Sherry's claims. Until April of 2017, when she convinced him once and for all. One night after eating steak tartare, Barbara took to Facebook. In a seemingly harmless status update on her page, Barbara wrote, this is the best thing ever with cut up minced garlic. But according to Sherry Schreiner, Barbara's love of steak tartare was something gravely dangerous. A few weeks later, she exposed the truth, commenting on Barbara's update. Sherry wrote, that means she's into ingesting blood. Eating raw hamburger is a symbol that you are part of the vampire succubus societies. Barbara is a witch. I can confirm at that point. This latest claim upset Minio to no end. Within weeks of Sherry's denouncement of his partner, Minio abandoned the religion that he had faithfully observed for years. With his mind now freed from the grip of the cult, Minio made it his mission to debunk Sherry's claims completely. Minio swiftly created his own YouTube channel, an attempt to compete with the mini-empire Schreiner had already built. He published five videos between May 29th and July 11th, 2017. In his videos, Minio attempted to expose Sherry Schreiner. He challenged her beliefs, at one point bringing in another ex-member of the cult, a man named Richard Brown. Minio said, I'm not trying to get vengeance. I'm just trying to get the truth out, man, because I can see the damages she causes people. I heard a woman named Kelly killed herself. 
Both men also reported that they felt victimized when they left the cult. Sherry had attempted to paint them as villains the moment they stepped away from the fold. She had even accused Brown of being a clone. While Minio and Brown adamantly denied Triner's claims, other members of the group were quick to cast them out. The cult members began bullying them and suggesting that perhaps they too had been reptilian aliens all along. Brown was able to move on and quietly live his life apart from the cult and its teachings. However, Minio had a more difficult time adjusting to life without Sherry, or at least that's what Barbara claims. According to Barbara, on July 15, 2017, she and Stephen went to a local bar for some drinks. Around 2 a.m., they returned home and practiced some shooting in the backyard with Minio's gun. Afterwards, the couple returned to the house. Once they had gotten settled, Minio turned to Barbara, tears in his eyes. When Barbara asked what was wrong, Minio explained that he was tormented by his split from the cult. When he lost his connection to Sherry, he felt he had lost his connection to himself. He then handed Barbara the gun and asked her to end his life. She hesitated at first, confused, but Minio grabbed her hand. He placed the barrel of the gun against his forehead and asked her to pull the trigger. Slightly after 2 a.m. on July 16, 2017, Barbara Rogers shot Steve Minio in the forehead with a 45 caliber pistol at point-blank range. Barbara called the police, and when they arrived, they were baffled by the scene. Minio's body was found on the floor of the trailer. The gun had been fired so close to Minio's face that it had left a small burn mark around the bullet wound. Police reported that the scene did not demonstrate any evidence of a struggle by either partner. Barbara insisted she did not know the gun was loaded. Despite her protests, Barbara was arrested. The trial of Barbara Rogers took months. Throughout, Barbara continued to protest her innocence. She stated to the press, I was not in control of the situation that happened. I was not the dominating party in that situation. After a long trial, Barbara Rogers was found guilty of murder in the third degree and sentenced to a minimum of 15 years in prison. Prosecutors were frustrated that Barbara had not been found guilty of first-degree murder, but there was little they could do. Minio's mother spoke out to the police expressing her grief and frustration on behalf of her son. She, too, believed that Barbara deserved a longer sentence. Then, on January 8, 2018, just months after Steve Minio's murder, Sherry J. Schreiner reportedly passed away. According to the Ohio Department of Health, Sherry died of natural causes. Sherry's empire, the viewers and listeners of her beloved social media channels, took to Facebook to mourn. One follower wrote, We all miss her tremendously. She was our beacon, our general, and we rallied to her and her father's call. Don't forget us down here, Shaz. Now she's enjoying her new old body. But just as they expressed their sorrows and sympathies, they also offered alternative explanations. What if Sherry was murdered for her willingness to expose the truth? What if she was afraid of being murdered and was forced underground? 
some people believe she's still alive, posing as an alter ego on one of her many websites. To this day, Sherry's legacy is preserved online. Among her followers, within her passages and posts, inside her YouTube videos. Her pages continue to operate and collect money, though most have not posted new material since Sherry's passing. It is suggested, however, that Sherry's children continue to own and operate her websites, and perhaps one day they will publicly present her work and teachings again. Months before her death, Sherry Schreiner denied her status as a cult leader. She admitted to being a self-proclaimed daughter, messenger, prophet, and servant, but claimed she had never been a leader. Sherry described her followers as entirely independent, simply truth-seekers who found her knowledge and programming interesting. Sherry insisted, I don't run a cult. You can turn on my video or turn it off. You can turn on my podcast or turn it off. I don't have a list or a membership rule. As she published in her own books, quote, there is nothing special about me. But it seems likely that the followers who lost their lives in the wake of her teaching would disagree. Thanks again for tuning in to Cults. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. You can find all episodes of Cults and all other podcast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Cults, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Cults on Spotify, just open the app and type Cults in the search bar. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll see you next time. Cults was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Dick Schroeder. With production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, Freddie Beckley, and Paul Mahler. This episode of Cults was written by Jess Honovich, with writing assistance by Drew Cole, and stars Greg Polson and Vanessa Richardson. 